No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thank you for downloading and listening. My name is Frank Salvato. Be sure to head on over to undergroundusa.com to sign up for our Substack. It comes straight to you, circumventing the censors. It's independent journalism. Before we get into this morning's segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder, I wanted to talk a little bit more about freedom of speech. It's enshrined in the First Amendment, and we believe that we have it. But throughout history, freedom of speech has been something that has vacillated to a lesser extent and a more potent extent. There is a great book titled Freedom of Speech that I urge you to either pick up and read or download and listen to. I listen to my my books. I just consume it better that way. We always need to be jealously guarding our right to free speech. We saw through the COVID debacle that Our federal government believes free speech is something that is fluid and something that can be manipulated. That shouldn't be the case. Our Bill of Rights, the way that our country was set up, the covenant that the people have with the government, establishes us in a constant state of freedom as mandated by the Bill of Rights. Some in the private sector have come to not understand that. They hide behind the fact that the Bill of Rights is something that limits the federal government and they believe they can do whatever they want. We saw Twitter do it in censoring valid voices from the medical community. We saw it in Facebook censoring valid voices that had alternative viewpoints to the established narrative. Those companies are not living in the spirit of the Bill of Rights and they should be condemned for it. Free speech also comes with a boatload of responsibility. You need to do your homework to make sure you've got your facts straight before you decide to opine. There are a lot of people, especially on the fascist left, and I'm going to name some names, Rob Reiner, Kathy Griffin, Steve Colbert, all of the idiots on late night what's supposed to be comedy TV talk shows all of them. They shoot their mouths off based on pure opinion and emotion, failing to research the facts of the matter, looking at both sides of an argument and coming to a measured and logical, common-sense-based conclusion. Social media has supercharged this malady in our society, and we, each and every one of us, has to take responsibility for our own contributions on social media and dial the emotionally charged non-fact-based bullshit back. This is why the last election was purely a personality contest. It had zero to do with the policies that were put in place. Zero. Because the policies that were in place were very good for our nation, were very good for our people. We had low unemployment. We had an explosion in small business ownership. We had an explosion in minority home ownership. We were respected around the world. 
but the mainstream media manipulated the population into believing something that was an emotionally charged personality contest, and that's why Orange Man Bad won. If there's one person that should be condemned most of all, it's Rob Reiner. A bigger moron I have never come across. Just read some of his tweets. A complete and utter jagoff. That might be a little bit too spicy for you, but I don't know what else to, to characterize him as. Read his tweets and you'll understand. Free speech. It's something worth fighting for, but we have to do it coming from an informed and educated viewpoint that looks at the opposing argument and comes to a rational conclusion. Right now, this morning's segment on Talkback with Chuck Wilder. We are kind of live, <laughs> I call it that, across America and around the world at crntalk.com. And my disclaimer, uh, my network went out and I'm doing this on the telephone. And, you know, my guest, all right, coming up next, he is such a pro. He does so many interviews over telephones that his telephone has been trained, I think. His website, undergroundusa.com. Frank? How are you, sir? Mr. Wilder on your semi, I, semi-live. It's better, better than being semi-dead. This is how disingenuous politicians feel power. I got a quote here from Thomas Paine. The strength and power of despotism consists wholly in the fear of resistance. Isn't it amazing how those famous people can do something in just one short sentence? They understood that words matter, you know, and they weren't afraid to be transparent and stand up for their principles and, and speak truth to power. Today, we've got to spin everything so that uh, that no one doesn't like us and everybody everybody wants to be around us and this, that, and the other. It's kind of a disingenuous period in time to be living. People like Thomas Paine and, and you know, who are obviously... Was yep. a philosopher in the very beginning days of our country, common sense and everything else. Uh, they were speaking truth to, to power, the biggest power on the planet, which was the British crown. And they were talking about an idea that is what the United States is. You know, there was, there was never a country like the United States before we decided to break away from England. That's why they call this the great American experiment. Self-governance is, is something that is new to the world. We're only, you know, a little over 260 years old. So it's, uh, we're still in the experiment stage, but we've done very, very good for ourselves, despite the people who want to play the opportunistic political game and co-opt power and change us from a, from a free constitutional republic into a, a, pseudo-free, oligarchic, democratic, socialist state. Yeah, it's sort of like, uh, you know, the young country. It's like you say, we're the youngest, like the young country. And all of a sudden, they're introducing us to woke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's see if we can ruin this country. Well, you, you know, when you look at woke, it's, it's a contemporary thing that people have labeled. But really, it's just another attempt to coerce people into a certain way of thinking so that a small faction of people can assert power over another. 
you know, when we look at the at the crowd that appreciates what wokeism is, it's not a large amount of people. It's not a majority of our population. It's not it's not the eighty percent of all Americans want to walk around singing Woca Cola. You know, that's <laughs> not not the way it is. It's a small group, maybe fifteen percent that are that are just brainwashed into this idea of a, a human created utopia where no one is ever offended and everybody is equal. Our framers and our founders understood this very, very well. It's not that that everyone is equal. It's that we have to be able to afford everybody equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, we're you know, equal as human beings, but the person who comes up with, with the polio vaccine and, and the person who's a pickpocket, they're not equal in society. They had an equal opportunity to be whatever they wanted to be, but they're not equal. I mean, that, that's a hard conversation that we have to have in this in this country. You know, you say, "Well, people aren't equal." Oh, the left goes crazy. You can't say that. Well, but it's the truth. Well, and it, and I've heard, you know, that now woke people that are with the woke, like you said, sixteen percent or whatever. Uh, and I've heard that, when, but whenever it comes to just uh, the category of gay, it's only six percent. But it's like, boy, it's like go way, way out. They go out further on the six percent than they do for uh, returning veterans. You know what I mean? Well, and and this is this is the poison of special interest. It has nothing to do with gay people, trans people, black people, white people. Asian people, it, it has nothing to do with the label and the and the the balkanization that the left likes to do to create control. It's what special interest works today. You know that that's what the the opportunist the, the opportunists of the radical left do. They they break us up into factions and label us. So they can pit one faction against another to create that that stress and that discontent so they can cobble together enough factions to create 51% at election time. Mm-hmm. You know, personally, I'm a conservative. I, I'm, a, I'm a white male, and, and I'm a Catholic. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're trans. I don't care what religion you are. As long as you you abide by the bill of rights respect my free speech as much as i respect yours and don't try to put yourself above me or dominate me in the culture we're we're a melting pot we should all get along it makes us all unique you know my last name is salvato i'm i'm half italian if i go to italy and they say well my italian brothers they say you're not italian you're american You know, and and that's they've got us thinking in a hyphenated American way in this country that allows them to impose this wokeism by special interest group. You know, so we have to start identifying as Americans because that's what the rest of the world sees us as. This this balkanization of of the United States into demographics, into different groups of people, and and then these agitators pinning pinning us one against the other. That's a control mechanism. That's not a way to exist as a nation, and they know it. It's time yeah. that we understand that. Well, I'll tell you, speaking of control, uh, listener, I'm going to tell you the, probably the main 
theme today with this report, excellent report from Frank Savato, is the Restrict Act. And you say in the beginning they had good intentions. Boy, it's almost uh, like, uh, you know, the <laughs> like, uh, what was the name, Reagan, you know, the worst words you want to hear from a government official. You know, well, the same thing in the beginning. They had good intentions, but guess what? Yeah. Yeah, Reagan's thing is the scariest words in the in the in the American lexicon is I'm I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> you know, nothing government touches. The only thing government does well, um, in the, in the service of the people is its military. We have a, we have the finest military on the face of the planet when it's allowed <clears throat> to do what our military is supposed to do. Right now, we have a bunch of woke people in charge of the Pentagon, and they are internally deprecating our, our not only our morale but our capability because they're abusing our U.S. military men and women. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, uh, the other thing they do well is spend money, but that's not good for the American people. Um, when government gets involved in something, besides the military, they usually screw it up. They make it more complicated. It doesn't serve the individual. It ends up serving a special interest group because politicians run the government. If we could make it so that when you run for office, you're a politician, but once you're in government, you have to do government and leave politics behind, that would be a wonderful um, uh, sociological utopia. But human nature doesn't allow us to do that. That's why in, in George Washington's farewell address, he was very explicit about it. He, he decried factions in politics. He said that, that it, it breeds, a, it breeds a, a nefarious nature in, in, the human, in the human psyche, and it pits one person against the other, creating a revenge mentality, and that would get into the, into the political parties. Uh, in essence, he said political parties will be the death of the republic sooner or later. And I think today we can better understand what he was trying to say. You know, we have, we have two, two national political parties that have literally fomented hate amongst the American people mm-hmm. instead of striving to make sure that they spotlight what we have in common. This Restrict Act, when we, when we, get, in, when we get into the meat of it, is all about, it was all about supposed to be looking at TikTok, which is a, which is a data harvesting apparatus that reports directly to the communist Chinese government. It is a tool that the communist Chinese government is using to be able to do exactly what Barack Obama did in the 2000, in his second, in the second election, which was to target individuals to mold their thinking. They're not doing it to win an election here in the United States. They're doing it to soften our view on what communism and communist China is. And TikTok is their main tool. Well, the Restrict Act was just supposed to address TikTok. Just supposed to address TikTok. It is, a, it is an espionage tool being used by the Chinese government on the American people. We don't want it here. If they would have stopped at that, it would have been a fantastic bipartisan bill. Everyone could have gotten behind. All of the American people would have been served, including the American, the, the, the American federal government. Hey, let me ask but, you something real quick, because... Uh, I, it kind of got fuzzy on me, but I'm almost positive that whenever uh, Trump first became president, didn't he ban TikTok right off the bat? 
What he did was he gave an executive order to the executive branch that they couldn't have it on government phones. Yeah, but he didn't go so far like they're doing now, the Restrict Act. They're thinking, oh, boy, now we can control all the Americans and everything they say. And they already tried. You know, they try it with you more than anybody I know, I think. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's my buddy Google. Congratulations. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can honestly say here with my hand held high that I was one of the very first person ever, ever canceled by a, by a major search engine. So that's and, you know, i got to tell you, and I've told it for yeah. shadow betting. I've mentioned this before, but, you know, uh, uh, I don't mention it all the time because they're being kind of nice to me right now. But every time... I, I list my blog that comes out, you know, and tells you the guests and all this. Every time they see Sabato, uh, your thing has been put a warning, da 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 da. And then they say you have a right to, uh, uh, whatever, you know, uh, counter. To appeal, to appeal, yeah. Appeal, yeah. And then they, they always accept the appeal because I don't put the subject ladder. <laughs> they, they, they just, they just like to make it hard. Yeah, they've got plausible plausible deniability about censorship. If they say, "Well, you appealed," and we looked we looked at it, it was just an automatic thing. It's 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 yeah, it's it's okay. But it kept the person from looking at what they wanted to look at for that point in time. And if you don't have a dedication to the process, you usually just click off and go someplace else. That's yeah. how they they manipulate and and shadow ban and everything else. And they're still doing it. And, you know, yeah. where where Congress wants to talk about. Uh, how to deal with censorship, you know, they're going after TikTok. When, when we get into the minutia of this bill, you, you'll see they're disingenuous when they want to talk about preserving free speech because they want to be able to control what the definition of free speech is. All right. Well, I'm going to cut you off right now so that we can <laughs> take a break. <laughs> and we'll be right back with more from Frank Sabato and it's undergroundusa.com. Handcrafted, exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mom's tea. Well, I'll tell you, they're always trying to do something sneaky, and it's like the old thing there, Frank. You know, how can you tell when they're up to no good, their lips are moving? Yeah. <laughs> he said it's core, the intentions of this legislation are good. It's in the legislation's text that we begin to see all of a sudden how these power junkies ply their craft. And, uh, you know, craft, you know, it kind of rhymes with something else, but... Uh, uh, Give us a summary of the bill, will you? Yeah, it's the summary of the bill reads like something you and I, everybody else could all get behind. It, it, the quote is, this bill requires federal actions to identify and mitigate foreign threats to information and communications technology, products, and services. It also establishes civil and criminal penalties for violations under the bill. So in the, at its core, it's saying, hey, if you're a foreign entity, 
or or you or you're a communications entity and you're actively working to subvert the security of the American people and undermine the, the national security of the country, we're creating legislation that would say we can combat that with law and the force of law. Great idea. That's what we're talking about. People who are using TikTok to, to glean personal information to propagandize you and, and, and mold you into a certain way of thinking without being completely transparent and open about it, they should be called on the carpet. And when it's reporting back to a non-friendly foreign power, it needs to be recognized as a tool of espionage. That's what that paragraph means to me. So I could get behind that. But when you get into the, the meat of the bill, it expands authority well beyond the meaning of that summary. And, I, and I'm going to read this, and please pay attention to the use of the word any. The secretary, in consultation with the relevant executive department and agency heads, is authorized to and shall take action to identify, deter, disrupt, prevent, prohibit, investigate or otherwise mitigate, including by negotiating, enter into or imposing or enforcing any mitigation measures to address any risk arising from any covered transaction by any person or with respect to any property subject to the jurisdiction of the United States that the Secretary determines. That's a lot different than saying, hey, let's go after foreign entities that are using social media to glean data to manipulate our population, this just gave the Secretary of Commerce complete unilateral control over being able to determine whether a, a social media app is something they could say, we don't like that. We, th we think that's subverting national security. I'm labeling that, and, and we're going to ban it, and we're going after these people with the force of law. No oversight from Congress. No oversight from the elected officials. Unilateral decision by the executive branch. That is troublesome to me, especially when you have the you have the words "shall," which means they will act, they must act, and the repeated use of any, any property, any person. That's not specific to foreign entities trying to undermine our national security. That could be you and your show. If you've got a if you've got a CRN app on your phone and they decide that Chuck Wilder is somebody who's subverting national security because he he understood he stated he understood what the people were trying to achieve on January 6th they could come after you with the force of law. You want to talk about censorship? This is what they do in third world countries. This is this is Nicolas Maduro stuff. This is Soviet era stuff. So this this restrict act it, at its core, great idea. Let's keep the communist Chinese from manipulating our, our population into thinking communism is good. We've already seen what the communist Chinese do on the college campuses. You've got, you've got half the campus population graduating thinking that socialism is something we should try because we allow Chinese money to flow into our universities and our colleges. They know it works. So now they've developed a, something where they can touch each and every American through social media, which we are all addicted to. But our, but our politicians, our elected government of, the officials, they want to claw power to be able to go well beyond something that is a good idea to give themselves power and control. That's despotism in and of itself. All right. Hey, and uh, right now, Frank, uh, 
we're all hooked up with the network. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so, there you go. So we'll take an award-winning break, and then we'll be right back. When you're high, you feel different. You think different, you talk different, you draw different, you listen to music different, but you probably knew that. Problem is, you also drive different, and not in a good way. That's why driving high is illegal everywhere. So if you're high, just don't drive. Make a plan to get a sober ride. Because if you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Well, I thought I'm going to have it all fixed there for you there, uh, Frank, but apparently not. They're after us, you know. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Wilder, we shall overcome. Yeah. Now I can't hardly hear you on the telephone, so what the <laughs> heck is going on here? Well, I'm a soft-spoken human being. A soft-spoken human being. Yeah, you buy that? You believe that? You know, the last time I heard that, I think I said, uh, are you interested in getting married? <laughs> well, you know, in in these days and time, it all depends on how we identify. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, AOC, you remember uh, whenever this uh, whole thing about uh, we're going to censor TikTok came out and she was all against it and everything, and uh, uh, actually a few people said, hey, you know what, she's got the right idea because it's opening up uh, Pandora's box for them. It is, and that's that's even at this point, you're even seeing people like Rand Paul saying, "I can't, I can't support this act because of uh, the verbiage that I read to you in the last segment." If it would have been going after TikTok itself because it's a tool of espionage by a foreign power, that would have been one thing. But when you're talking about looking at all devices in the, in the way that they they use the verbiage in the restrict act text, you can't support it. There, there, you shouldn't support it. Now, AOC was supporting TikTok because that's her preferred, uh, her preferred social media channel. It's a very selfish idea that she has. Yeah. I mean, she's got so many followers who watch her dance and, and mug and for, for the camera and in, in short, consumable bites that only her followers and and adherents can can understand i mean she's all of her stuff is in 13 second sound bites so the tiktok is perfect for her um but i don't think she understands what the mechanism is and why it's a danger to our country aac isn't really that intelligent you know i'm not saying that she's that, that she's uh you know, textbook stupid, but she does tend to uh, to tempt that definition at times. So I don't under I don't believe that she fully understands the threat that TikTok poses. There are a lot of people that I see that I would consider my friends who, you know, they see a funny video, they see something that's interesting, and they pass it on, and it happens to be a TikTok video. I don't open them. I won't. I won't. Yeah. I won't entertain them. If I see the TikTok brand on anything, I just go past it, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. Someone sends it to me as a, as a separate link. I don't have anything to do with it. And I tell them, I don't do TikTok. Now, that's the free market working. You know, that's if, if we were all 
informed and educated and understood the threat that TikTok is, we wouldn't need to have federal legislation to get rid of TikTok. We would say, boy, that's, <clears throat> these people are underhanded. This is horrible. I'm not going to use it. That's what a responsible American citizen would do with TikTok. But they've created a society where people are just too busy to pay attention to what's important. We, we've created a society where it's more important to, to go to Little Portnoy's soccer game than to know what's happening in the headlines. I'm not saying Little Portnoy's soccer game isn't important. Family time is important, but you do have to carve out time to stay informed so that you can execute as a good citizen. When you abdicate that because it's all got to be about you, you're failing the country as a citizen. So with something as transparent as TikTok, it's out there. It's yeah. out there. You know, we've been talking about this is a tool of the communist Chinese spy apparatus for over a year, getting on two years now. Now we're just getting around to dealing with it. It, it should have fallen off the face of the earth by itself because people said, I don't want to be given the communist Chinese information about what I read. If you're, if you're so worried about your passwords to get into, to get into Facebook and Twitter, then you should be just as paranoid about access to the data on your phone and your computer through a social media app like TikTok. It seems like we're just, we're just disillusioned by this for some reason. We don't want to believe that it's a bad thing because it's easy to use. You know, and you, yeah. you, it seems like uh, for a couple of years now, maybe, maybe even four years, is that they've been saying things about uh, how they actually spy on you with your television, you've heard that, right? Absolutely, there was a lawsuit that went to, uh, that was placed against Samsung. Now, I'm, I don't have anything that against Chinese products. to me, you know. Well, well, I mean, it's, you've got <laughs> chip technology and everywhere, and, and quite honestly, the the Samsung cameras. It wasn't that Samsung was building in an espionage tool; it was something that was involved in their in the, in their their units, their products that governments could co-opt and it wasn't just the the Chinese that were looking in our government was doing it too you know so that, yeah. uh, this is this is where our federal government is is not squeaky clean either you know a lot of people you, you see a market for things that cover up cameras on on laptops and phones and everything else that's a direct response to to a reality that People are circumventing the right to privacy that we have in the Bill of Rights to glean information. You know, after 9-11, I, I understood, again, the core idea of what the Patriot Act was. We needed to be able to make sure that we weren't going to have another 9-11 on our soil. You know, it was important. But they've bastardized the, the core intent of what that is Right. To create a more invasive federal government towards the citizenry. To protect the homeland, right? Yep. And I'm, I'm telling you, you'll see, you'll see a million people from who were philosophers that were popular in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s who talk about the danger that comes along with someone saying, well, but we have to protect you. You know, we have to make sure that you're protected. Yeah. We'll protect you. When you when you look at the things that that 
the National Socialist Party of Germany did in the 30s in the ramp up to Hitler's reign, there was a lot of talk about that. The first time I heard them use that, you know, the homeland, protect the homeland, I thought, wow, this sounds just like Germany, you know? Yeah, yeah, and now motherland. the homeland motherland. is protecting you from, you know, those uh, uh, Catholics, right? Okay, and the rosary, and the women that go to school board meetings and don't like the woke system and all the bad books and dirty books that are in their libraries. They've got to protect you. It's good for the homeland. Uh, yeah, it's probably connected somehow to where they're making some money some way. That's just, money, yeah. money and power, money and power are aphrodisiacs. Money and power. That's that's what the the elected class is not. It's morphed from in the beginning. We had people. We had people that were that were attracted to power in the in the very beginning of our nation. Sure, but the overriding sentiment was public service. We were going to serve and go home. Washington, he, he molded that two terms. They wanted to make him king. He said, absolutely not. We just got finished with the monarchy. We don't want centralized government. I'm going home. And, and we, we stood by that all the way until Franklin Roosevelt, who, who said, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm better than Washington. Well, no, he wasn't. He was, he was uh, an extension of Woodrow Wilson. He was a, a he ushered in the age of American socialism and and collectivism in the federal government and moved Wilson's dream of having a, a behemoth deep state bureaucracy in control of the country and that's where we are today and that's something that I talk about in the later part of this article yeah uh, that's over there today is that we've got a Congress that crafts legislation that is so broad and so general to facilitate the executive branch to say, okay, well, now we've got this mandate to do this. We can create any regulation that we want. All we're required to do is put out a comment period, and we don't even have to listen to the comments. So yeah, and you're we saying will, they, they rule by regulation with the weekly crafted legislation. Yeah. Absolutely. They, you know, they say, okay, we have to protect. Congress says we're passing a law to protect the environment. Now the EPA says, okay, we're going to protect the environment. We're going to get rid of gasoline engines. We're going to get rid of, of, of gas stoves. We're going to do it. wasn't legislated that this was going to happen. It's affecting economy and, and industry and individuals and, and every aspect of, of, of homeownership, of, of being able to travel, of being able to work. That wasn't legislated by Congress, but it was imposed by a regulation by the executive branch. The optimal word there is imposed. So if we've got a Congress that's not going to write legislation, and I was talking to my girlfriend about this last night because she read the, the rough draft of the article and she was ticked as well. She should be. I'm glad she was. Um, she said, why are we paying them if they're not doing their job? So if they're going to craft legislation that doesn't require them to do the hard work of actually hammering out the minutia of the law, then maybe we should we should not make them have a six figure salary. Maybe we should bring them down to minimum wage. If yeah. they're going to do minimum work, let's do minimum wage for the people in Congress. You want to see how quick they start crafting cohesive legislation? Take away the money. You know what? And you and I and a few others, very few others, have talked about. You know, the uh, gosh, I lost my 
line of thought there. The uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, term limits. Yes, sorry. See, yeah, two big absolutely. words that get <laughs> that get swallowed in my little brain. Term limits. You know, when they when they know they're going to be in there for twenty years, then they got you know they get to hook up with so many ways to make money, and if you cross them. Then you might end up in jail. You know, remember the lady that was baking cookies that got locked up? And it sure wasn't uh, Hillary Clinton. You think about this, and I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but they brought it up. Uh, they brought it up several times during the conversation. You had someone going before Congress to testify on a certain issue. And as this person was testifying before Congress, an IRS agent visited his house. To talk to his to talk to his spouse about about things they weren't even being audited, they weren't even they weren't even being they yep. weren't under suspicion for anything. They hadn't broken any laws. They they filed everything they were supposed to file. But do you think it was a coincidence that that as this person is testifying before Congress, suddenly out of the blue, an IRS agent visits the guy's house? <laughs> Maybe one of those TVs told him what was going on. <laughs> you, you you know it's not completely out of the question, is it? No. You know, so we've got we've got a centralized government that is executing well above its its authority. You know, the the, the Constitution is clear. It is clear. Article ten says if it isn't in the Constitution, the federal government can't do it. It's reserved for the states. And when you listen to Nikki Haley now on the campaign trail, and I like Nikki Haley. You know, it's way too early to be picking who I want to vote for, but I like the way she's talking right now. She says, we've got to start giving power back to the states. That's the only way to save the republic, and and I've been talking to you about that for well over two years now. We need to use nullification at the state level to rein in the federal government and figure out a way to divert a direct remittance of tax revenue from the individual to the federal government. If you're a governor, if you're DeSantis, if you're Abbott, if you're Nome, if you're Huckabee, and you can figure out a way to say all tax revenue that goes to the federal government has to go through the state capital first, and we'll remit in bulk, and, and you craft law at the state level that says we only remit, our, our citizens only remit the federal tax dollars that are directly authorized by the United States Constitution. Then you shield the citizen from 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 prosecution from the federal government because they have filed, and that battle becomes between the federal government and the state. You choke off the money line to the federal government that from the state from the state level, and you've neutered the power of the federal government. So nullification and figuring out how to make tax dollars go through the state capitals, you can re-empower the states the way that our framers and our founders meant for our country to be. They never, ever wanted a centralized power because they just got finished fighting a monarchy. There was a centralized power. That was the ultimate in centralized power. They knew the dangers of it. So they, they didn't want centralized power in a federal government. They wanted it amongst the states. That's where the power was supposed to lie. The federal government was just supposed to pick up the things that fell through the cracks. Diplomacy for all the states in one voice. A common defense. 
And the common good was supposed to be about making sure that contracts between the states and covenants between the states were actually honored and done so in an, in an ethical manner. It wasn't supposed to be about having a separate EPA or Department yeah. of Education or anything else. Well, I'll tell you, uh, coming up on that break, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't think it's ever been this bad, you know, in uh, your life and my life, Frank. I mean, what they're trying to get away with now, and it's, uh, uh, just imagine, listener, what they could get away with if, uh, if they could uh, censor every single thing you're doing, and that seems to be part of their goal right now. We're going to be right back with the one and only Frank Sabato. We'll be wrapping things up. Remember, it's undergroundusa.com. Don't let biased algorithms or degree screens or exclusive professional networks or stereotypes. Don't let anything keep you from discovering the half of the workforce who are stars. Workers skilled through alternative routes rather than a bachelor's degree. It's time to tear the paper ceiling and see the stars beyond it. Find out how you can make stars part of your talent strategy at tearthepaperceiling.org. Brought to you by Opportunity at Work and the Ad Council. And uh, thank goodness we got people like you, Frank, who are uh, keeping track of this and uh Waving the, uh, what, no, it'd be the Paul Revere, yeah, the Paul Revere, that, that'll work. You know, in the, as we move forward, and, you know, everywhere we've been complaining for, geez, I don't, for as long as we've been talking about the mainstream media complex and how they, how they've been co-opted by, by the swamp and that their, their narrative, uh, disseminators, that they've literally taken their seat at the table of of manipulation when it comes to information the information sphere and providing accurate and truthful information to the people we've entered into an era where truth is being disseminated by independent journalists who aren't connected with the with the the massive corporate media complex and that's where shows like yours and writing like mine and a lot of other good people who who are over on Places like Substack and and podcasts that are independent of of, of corporations. Um, that's where they all come in. And if you're still gleaning your information directly from a corporate media entity, you are making a gigantic mistake because you can't be sure that what you're getting isn't an approved narrative from either one side or the other. Take the time to cultivate the independent outlets and the independent voices that educate you, that ask you to think for yourself, that, that beg you not to take their word for it and, and give you footnotes and links to go and see the direct verbiage of things that they're talking about. Those are people that care about you being informed. And, and the people who care about you being informed are the people who actually care about the country. So once you take the time to understand and, and get into the independent journalism sphere, devoid of Fox and MSNBC and CNN and NBC and ABC and CBS, when, once you get into the independent journalist sphere, you realize that you're starting to consume information that not only doesn't waste your time, but educates and informs as well. 
now your decisions are potent and they're not just following a mainstream narrative. So we're, we're in transition as a society, but thank God for the ability to create independent journalism. 20 years ago, we couldn't have done this. You know, sometimes it's, uh, it, it amazes me that the people accept what they're hearing. And one of the perfect examples is the amount of votes, you know, that uh, they claim Biden got whenever he won presidential election. And more, what was it, how many more was it that, than uh, Obama? Can you remember, was it like 50 or 40, 40 million more votes than Obama got? No, oh, it, was, it, was, it was the most that's ever happened. As a matter of fact, in many Democrat precincts, uh, they were coming in at 110% of the vote. Now, how does that happen? 110% of the vote. See there? Now you know voter ID is working. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's growing. Hey, uh, sorry about technical difficulties here today, Frank, and I appreciate each and every visit and look forward to the next one, sir. We'll talk to you soon, Chuck. Nothing can keep us down. All right. God bless the United States of America. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment, subscribe, most important, leave a rating if your platform lets you, and head on over to undergroundusa.com and sign up for our Substack. Getting into the silly season, independent journalism is going to be your only source for non-biased information. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. I'll be right back after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.